Hello and welcome to our podcast on how climate change affects infectious diseases. I'm Tanya and I'm Nadia and we are your hosts for the evening. Now, today we're going to explore the relationship between climate change and the spread of infectious diseases. So, let's get a head start. For sure. So first off, what is climate change? Well, it tends to refer to the shifts of temperature, patterns of weather over time. That's right, and it sounds fairly simple, but many tend to underestimate how every fraction of a change in degree leads to new and raised threats to our environment and subsequently our health. As temperature rises, our weather becomes more unpredictable. Aside from affecting food production, water sources, and the general community, climate change also expedites the spread of many infectious diseases. Hmm. I don't know about you, Tanya, but that doesn't sound very ideal, does it? Now, here's the deal. The higher the temperature, the more favorable the environment for disease-carrying insects, for instance, pesky mosquitoes and ticks. And guess what happens when they thrive? Mm, number booms in terms of the transmission of diseases. For instance, malaria, dengue and Lyme disease. Yeah, you got that right. I do believe as well that heat waves, they tend to push people to go for more water-related activities, which brings about images of surfing and rivers and everything. And sounds really nice if I'm going to be honest with you. But fact is, when more people play with the water, unless precautions are taken, it's usually followed by a rise in cases of waterborne illnesses such as gastroenteritis. And Predominantly, it's because of the increase of contact with water and people as well. Well, an unfortunate truth is, furthermore, that storm sea level, when rises and floods, not only leads to mass evacuations, but because of the chaos, it may result in contamination of fresh water supplies and outbreaks of illnesses such as cholera and typhoid fever. Mm, for sure. And some research has also been done to point out that climate threats, they make existing pathogens more virulent, or in other words, they boost their transmission. But another negative factor is that climate change induced hazards, such as weak, they also weaken people's ability to cope with infections due to worsening mental stress and reduce immunity and malnutrition. So in other words, Think of it as both your shield and also your sphere being broken in one way or another. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot going on at once. Yeah, absolutely. And we've chatted about the heat side now. Tanya, shall we move on to the cooler side of the topic? Pun very much intended. Uh, yeah, sure. We can't forget our melting ice range, right? Aside from turning the ecosystem on its head, ice is actually good for another thing. It keeps things we don't want hidden. I reckon so. Now, what she meant, ladies and gentlemen, is that when ice melts, ancient viruses and bacteria that have been dormant for thousands and thousands of years are released. So I'm going to throw a movie reference here. So think about Mummy Unleashed on a microscopic level, except that we don't really have a Rick O'Connell to save us. Uh, what a Mummy movie reference, Nadia. 
Uh, but yes, that's actually an app description. So kudos for that. These organisms can potentially cause new outbreaks of infectious diseases. And because it's new to us, we may not have the immunity to help ourselves. After all, they have not circulated in human populations for thousands of years. Mm, for sure. So it's kind of like, you know, we've already beaten them once. <laughs> now we don't have that capability to beat them again because it's been so long since our body have been in contact with anything like that. Now, an example of this is probably the anthrax outbreak in the Arctic, which have been suggested to be due to the bacterial strain that have emerged from an animal carcass on Earth when the frozen ground thawed. Imagine that. Yeah, and we're just scratching the surface on this topic, pun intended once more, to understand the dangers in this field. Mm, and aside from that, I don't think, we, you know, we have to consider how it affects the invasive species. Australia is in fact classified as one of just the 17 mega diverse countries in the world. And invasive species are one of the key threats to Australia's biodiversity. In other words, we have a lot of creatures on soil plate. So the thing is, climate change can facilitate invasive species spread by putting stress on native ecosystems and change species hierarchies. As such, invasive species are not quite desired for Australia's agricultural industry and our native species. And that's an understatement that we've lost more than 100 native species and around 1,770 more are currently threatened or endangered. And to top it all off, I think, invasive species can also negatively affect our clean air, our water, our food supply, and in general, how the environment responds to things like drought, bushfires, floods, and the changing climate. Not to sound like we are bringing about sad news, but we have information and this is our key to try and do something, no matter how small it may seem. Hmm, well said. Now, have we mentioned anything about the aqua world at all? Do you mean the Atlantis? <laughs> because at our current state, we aren't finding it soon. <laughs> well played. Um, well, I wouldn't quite say that, given our current melting range and our current melting rate. But we can't deny that climate change also has devastating effects on freshwater and marine environments. So, for example, we may have more frequent and severe instances of harmful algal blooms. This occurs because of the rapid growth of algae or cyanobacteria in lakes, rivers, oceans and bays. It has been found prior that warming temperatures in Lake Erie have contributed to extensive toxic blooms that last into the early winter months. Mm, and harmful algae blooms can look like foam, scum, paint, or mats on the surface of the water, and they can be different colors. They may look a little bit mesmerizing to some, but if you are seeing anything like this for your own health, please don't go near it because it does have its own effect on our health itself. So Nadia, what do you think we can do? We must be able to do something, no? Mm -hmm. There are a few things that can be done for sure. Mm, I would suggest to address the impact of climate change on infectious disease 
we have to figure out how to reduce the overall greenhouse gas emissions. This is not quite on an individual level, but implementing integrated vector control programs, improving sanitation, hygiene, promoting the use of insecticide treated bed nets, and of course, investing in research and development of new vaccines and treatments for infectious diseases would be great endeavors to go for. Absolutely. And utilizing social media to spread awareness about climate change and infectious diseases is also a fantastic app to get the words out. So be sure to share the articles, spread out the videos and any infographics that are factually correct about the topic and use the hashtags to reach a wider audience. You could also attend local events related to climate change and public health, such as talks, workshops and rallies. You want to connect with like-minded people and learn about new solutions and approaches to this problem. For sure, and strive to make those changes in your own life to reduce your carbon footprint and prevent the spread of infectious diseases. If able, use public transportation and work out how to reduce your energy consumption, practice good hand hygiene, and support sustainable and eco-friendly products. Does that sound about right, Tanya? Yeah, it does. Can't say it better myself. For now, adios, sayonara. Till the next time we meet. Have a good day, everyone.